Hi, I'm Tim Lovejoy, and this is my award-winning podcast, The Lovejoy Hour. It's called The Lovejoy Hour because it's an hour long, and I'm Tim Lovejoy. Each episode, we have an hour of conversation with a celebrity, an expert in their field, or someone I just find interesting. The Lovejoy Hour, available now on Audioboom. Welcome to the Talk Derby to the podcast. I'm Blake Fellows, the number two football podcast in the UK. I'm releasing this today. This is a brilliant interview. I managed to get half an hour with Colin Todd, which was um, it's been a long time in the making. Um, and obviously, interviewing a bloke in his seventies during this, trying to get Zoom sorted and stuff like that. It's been um, it's been a few weeks, so well, a couple of months, I think, in the making. But he he said he'd give me a half hour. We did a brilliant half hour. I'm going to release it today to try and push us to get Talk Derby to me to number one. So this is a bonus one. I'm probably going to run out of podcast soon and have to have a little break. But I'm determined to get us to number one. So I'm releasing this today um, with Colin Todd. Thank you as ever. Let's get the boring stuff out of the way. Connect Red Telecommunications. Go and follow them on social media, please. Um, they're all online at the minute. They've got shops all over our region, but go and check them out online. SMJ Brady Construction. Go and follow them on Facebook. And Elite Football Development, as ever. Thank you to them. Um, ben Osborne and Jack and uh, Jack Andrews. Coaching company coming to Derby very soon. Tell your friends, subscribe, like, share. Let's get Derby to number one, because it would be absolutely mental. Right, here he is. Derby legend, England legend, former Derby player and manager. Colin Todd. So welcome on to to talk Derby to me, Colin Todd. Is this your uh, your first ever virtual interview? I believe. Well, I believe it is. I believe it is. Yeah, yeah. How are you in these in these strange and difficult times at the minute? Obviously, difficult for everyone. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously something that we never expected to be here. Um, but the wife and I and my son, we've adapted pretty well. I mean, it's, I think it's more difficult for the wife because, you know, she's got the kook all the time. All right, you can get a takeaway, but we've not done that. Uh, and you can't get out to go to a restaurant, which, you know, we like doing. So uh, it's difficult times, but we're bearing up with it and just have to accept uh, and be patient that everything will come well in the end. As long as we're safe and sound, that's the most important thing. Yeah, it certainly is. It certainly is. We always start when we when we get someone on by going right back to your earliest memories of football and first getting involved. So, what are your your first memories of getting involved in the game? Uh, it was obviously at school. Uh, my first junior school. Um, I used to play, but just before that, um, we lived in a terraced house in Chesley Street, and uh, we used to play in the back lane. There was always a lot of kids. Uh, Community was good, and we used to play Dorsey, one door on the, on the left in the back lane, one on the right, and we we would uh, there was always probably a dozen kids or more, and that that's where um, it first started in the, in the back lane. But the other thing I used to play in the yard with a tennis ball, I would put a brick down one end, and another brick at the other end, 
and one team would attack that one and one team would attack the other. So I was always involved in, in playing football in on my own at times. But in general, uh, playing in the back lanes was incredible. I mean, you don't see that now. You don't see them even playing on, on, on the grass. Then it developed into school football, um, which was very good uh, in, in the uh, 60s, etc. You know, always... Uh, good support there and it, it just snowballed from there you know you play for your schools your scouts are watching which you don't know about um, but when I was 15 uh, I was approached by Sunderland, Middlesbrough and Newcastle and um, I decided to sign apprenticeship for, for Sunderland. Well something I didn't know until I did some research this interview was um, Brian Clough was actually one of your youth coaches as well wasn't it Sunderland was that the youth team? Yeah, um, obviously he retired from playing football due to a, a severe injury, um, but took over the youth team coach. And the likes of John O'Hare, um, Billy Hughes was in the side, Dennis Stewart. Um, so we had a good team and um, he, wasn't, he wasn't youth team coach that long because he was um, approached to go to Hartlepool. Mm. And that's, that was his first step into football management. Um, but... Then we, even then, as a youth team coach, we had respect, and I think in those days, respect was a was a key word, you know. Um, and he he was a volatile man, but he was fair, honest, and he always seemed to to get the best out of even kids, you know. So that was my first link um, with Brian. Do you think he took a shine to you then that early on and? And saw something in you that he, when he eventually brought you to Derby a few years later. Well, I mean, I I don't know that, um, but obviously I got in the in the in the first team at Sunderland when I was seventeen, you know, and um, obviously he he had progressed himself. Brian uh, at Hartlepool did extremely well, and and was approached by Derby County, um, went to Derby County. And obviously, it monitored my progress uh, at Sunderland, you know. So, um, when you get in the team at 17 and you play 180 games in just over three three years, um, it's good going. Um, and I was approached, uh, well, I wasn't the, the manager, Alan Brown at the time, the Sunderland manager, phoned us one night and said, listen, I want you to come down and meet someone, come down to my house and meet someone. So I, I drove down and knocked on, on the door. Um, manager invited us in. He says, I've got Brian Clough to, to uh, we've agreed a transfer deal and he, he, he wants you to sign for, for Derby County. And I was in a little bit of awe, you know, because uh, Derby County at the time was doing extremely well, doing very, very well. And um, we never spoke about a contract. We only spoke about what his ambitions were at the football club, what he was going to do at Derby County. And um, uh, he said, listen, go, go back home, get your, get your wife ready and that, and I'll see you Friday. And I, I'd agreed to, to join them, but there was no talk of a contract or anything like that. Um, so I went back home, um, had a good sleep, got up the next morning uh, with the wife and the little son and travelled down to... Um, Derby, Derby County. Um, we went into the boardroom. Peter Taylor was there um, and Brian. Uh, we spoke about the contract. 
um, put it in front of us and said, sign it. And basically that was it. But the good thing about it was whatever he spoke about football certainly happened. You know, that football club went on to win the championship, as you know, got to the semi-final of the European Cup, as it was called then. So it was a good move by me. I didn't know how it was going to pan out, but it panned out extremely well. Panned out extremely well. At Sunderland, I'd gained under 23 caps. Um, and by moving to, to Derby, which was an ambitious move, and that was one of the reasons why I wanted to leave Sunderland, it, it worked out stream, extremely well for us. Was it deemed a... Because it was a British record fee at the time, wasn't it? £175,000. And, and again, I learned that that was the same... The same time that, or the same day that you signed was the same day that Rolls Royce uh, kind of went under. So yeah. it's an awful, awful lot of money. Did you feel pressure attached to the feet? Not, not really. I mean, there was a lot of controversy from people uh, within Derby in terms of what had happened uh, at, at, at the time with the Rolls Royce, because that was the major uh, industry in Derby. But um, my only concern was. Uh, in my own mind was, I hope it works out for myself because you just don't know, you know. Um, but but it worked out. It worked out uh, br brilliant for us, you know. So uh, I was never under, whether I was under pressure, um, I didn't show it. And, and, and I don't think I, I, I was because my performances, I think, um, showed that um, Brian was right to spend that amount of money on us. You mentioned your, your England caps there that you, you got once you come to Derby, 27 England caps. Do you feel like you could have maybe got a few more, the, the level you were playing at? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if you, you recall this. I got banned for two years, which was, <laughs> which was rescinded after a year. I'd been with the full England squad and Alf Ramsey was manager. And... Um, we were coming back uh, on, on the plane trip and I spoke to, to Alf to say, listen, Alf, I think it's a little bit unfair that I have to pay, play for the under-23s after such a very, very difficult season, demanding season. And um, they didn't accept, uh, accept it. And I think Alan Hudson was another one who had done exactly the same as me, but I didn't know anything about it. And we both got banned for, for the two years, which was rescinded after a year. So I lost I lost a year. Um, but, <laughs> you know, sometimes after a game on a Saturday at the baseball ground, when we were ready to go um, to, to England uh, for the, to report for England, Brian would come in, you're not going, you're injured, you know. Um, so um, that was a little argument that we had. Um, but in terms of only getting 27, there was good competition in the team. Um, I should have had more than 27. And one of my biggest regrets in football is uh, when Don Revy was manager, that I didn't accept the captaincy. You know, he'd already asked, I think it was Paul Maidley. I can't remember who the other player was. But why I turned it down, I, because I, I was third choice. So... Um, I refused, and that was a big mistake because I could, I would have went on to get more, more caps. Yeah, oh, that's. Uh, I never knew that actually. That's was really interesting. Is that was that just a case of you thought you should have been asked first? Well, that, yeah, that was the main reason behind it. But in hindsight, which is <laughs> which is a good word, uh, I, I should have taken it, you know, but not yeah. to me.
not not to dwell on that now. Uh, he uh, signing in, in February 1971 um, for Derby. Obviously, signing right before a, a brilliant period, the best period in the club's history. How how important and, and what does Brian Clough bring to to put that squad together? What what makes him so special? I think he he built a team around the players that he brought in, uh, which were excellent players. Um, you know, he brought Roy McFarland in before me. He'd had Dave Mackay, who people learned from. Um, John Robson, uh, who came from my part of the world. Um, David Nishi brought in. Um, Ronnie Webster, as I've already said. Then we had Archie Gemmely signed as well. Um, John O'Hare came down from Sunderland as well. Then, you know, he rejuvenated uh, players like Alan Hinton. Terry Hennessy came in. Henry Newton. Roger Davis, uh, Kevin Hector. Uh, so, he, 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 you know, John McGovern was was captain. Uh, Alan Durbin was there. So we had an extremely good um, team. And I, and I think his man management, everybody talks about his man management of handling players was excellent. He knew how to to treat everybody in the, in the correct manner. I mean, a, a little, little story that I'll tell you. I came down from Sunderland. I was very quiet. And on the training ground, Brian used to kick me in, in training from behind, kick me. And it went on, it went on for oh, a couple of weeks. And I said to my wife when I came home, I can't take this anymore. So the next morning when it happened, I had a right blast at him verbally. And he just stood there laughing at us in the face. He'd achieved what he wanted. He wanted something different out of me, something to happen. And he got it. And that's what he was looking for. And that was the main reason why he's do, he was doing it, to get a little bit, not aggression, but get uh, so, a reaction from us. And he got it. And he, 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 he never touched us anymore. But he, he was, he, he knew how to get um, or to motivate players in, in, the, in the manner that we got results. But it was some good players, very good players indeed. It was obviously a big shock to to the city of Derby when when he handed his his resignation in and and it was accepted. Was it as much of a shock to you and the players? Yeah, I mean we 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 tried to uh, get him to stay. We were willing to go on strike, but the PFA advised us against it, so we didn't. Um, but that's how high we held um, the manager in great esteem. You know, uh, we thought that he could take the club even further, you know. And we got to the semi-final of the of the, the European Cup uh, when Juventus beat us, which we got cheated. But as you know, he moved on to, to Forest later on, won two European Cups, and he would have done exactly the same at, at Derby County. But the man was a colossal, he was a genius. He, he was um, uh, one of the probably unluckiest managers that he didn't get the job for, for England. But I think, you know, some some of the players did, didn't see eye to eye with him. Um, but at, at the, 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 end of the end of the day, they played for him. He, we had the respect for him. And he was the gaffer. You know, there was no footballers in, in charge. Um, like sometimes now they can dictate. They have the power now. But he had the power and he was, he was the gaffer. And, we, and we, we respected that. I was going to ask you that actually. Would you have to be a, a Brian Clough player? Do you have to buy into to what he's doing and and believe in him? And did some players not quite get him? Well, 
I still think it's down to to the performances and the ability. You know, probably all his signings didn't come off. Um, but um, if we talk about Derby County, uh, what he achieved at that football club um, was phenomenal, really, you know. Um, but it was down to his signings. I mean, Peter was a big influence as well, Peter Taylor. So there, there was a good team. And um, when you talk about him resigning, uh, I don't think he ever thought it would be accepted. But there was a power, power struggle, you know. Longston wanted to have more power. He felt he was getting his nose shoved out. Um, and you've got to remember that Brian put Derby uh, on the map. All right, Longston brought him in as the manager. Uh, and it was great for that period then. The struggle, power struggle started. And that's where Longston, when I say won, um, Brian probably shouldn't have did what he did do. He did do it uh, and it didn't it didn't materialise in how he thought it would. You know, we, we, we fought uh, to keep him there, but we had at the end, we just couldn't do any more than what we did. Did you take anything from him into your managerial career? Uh, managerial career? Uh, any, any characteristics or anything you learned from? From playing under Clough, did you take anything from him? Lessons? Yeah, uh, I, th I think yeah. obviously the, there's certain things in terms of how he got players to relax. A um, little bit of methods that he did, but in general, general handling the players, keeping a group of players um, together. And you got to remember that the the squad wasn't like they are now. There was probably only what 16 players, probably mm. less. Whereas now we have 20 odds. So it did that. That in itself was a little bit easier. But uh, it's just his man management, how to handle players, how to get the best out of them, have a good dressing room, um, good togetherness. Uh, and he certainly did that um, by taking us, keeping us all together at times, taking us trips to, to Mallorca. Um, so that bond among the players was, was uh, something that was special to us all. Is it true you'd have a, a little drink on a Friday night at the Midland Hotel before the night before a game at the baseball ground just to relax <laughs> you and, and stuff like that? Well, we had a ritual. We had a ritual every Friday, every home game Friday night. We'd train on the afternoon. Then we'd go down to the Midland Hotel. We would have our meal. Then we'd go into a room. And this this one night, oh, I decided I'm going straight to my bed. No sooner getting into my bedroom, the phone goes, Young man, get your backside down here. So goes down. Finger, when I got in the room, finger going, you're going to sweat tomorrow. So get some of that ale down, yeah. And that was every every Friday night home game, we would have a little game of cards and have a little drink. And that, that was that bond, you know. I mean, it was just to get you to relax. We'd get up on the morning, have our breakfast, meet in the foyer at 10.30 and walk up to the baseball ground. Um, then get a lift back down, but that—that's how we—that's how he was, you know. You take you to to Mallorca, uh, where where we would relax. Um, but we we trained hard as well. But he gave us days off, um, so he, he knew when it was right to to give days off. But unique, unique in his own ways. Did it make it all the more hard for Dave McKay to come in and do what he did off the back of? Obviously, the players being disappointed and the fans being disappointed of the way uh, Brian left. And then for Dave to pick the club up after that and go and win a championship, does that make it all the more impressive? Well, I think first of all, I think uh, the players found it very difficult when, when it was mentioned that Dave was coming in. Um, 
and he had to win us over. And and he and he he said, listen, if anybody doesn't want to stay here under me, they they can go. So he 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 won us over. And to, and to be fair, he did extremely well. His philosophy was a little bit different to to Brian's. Uh, without, I mean, Brian was neg- neg- negative. He was always positive, but he looked at clean sheets. Whereas Dave would say, if you win a game five four, I'm, I'm delighted. So he he was more probably attack minded, you know. Um, but we won the championship. He he won us all over. Uh, Dave, he made good signings. Charlie George, who was outstanding. Franny Lee, Bruce Rioch, you know, just to 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 mention three of them, you know. Um, and he he gelled a very good team together, you know. And um, you know, he we were very unfortunate in that European Cup as well, where we lost to Real Madrid, you know, um, after winning four one at the baseball ground. Um, then going to Real Madrid and conceding a fourth goal, a penalty in the last minute, 89th minute, you know. Um, but his philosophy was different to, to Brian's. But uh, another uh, man who had the, or a manager who had the team playing extremely well. And a second league title for you that season. And you won the, the PFA's Players' Player. Is that the ultimate accolade for a, for a footballer to, for, to get voted by peers? Well, I think it certainly is because it's still that powerful now. You see the the calibre of the players who have won it now and, and even the calibre of players when I was playing. And, you know, when you talk about accolades, it, it is certainly the highest one you, you, you can get. Uh, and for, for me to win it in 74 uh, was an outstanding achievement. But not only only for myself, for the players who played with as well and, and for the club to be recognised as well, you know. Um, I mean, a, a wonderful trophy. Um, and, you know, somewhere I just thought that, you know, Derby County might have just uh, had that in, a, in a, uh, a cabinet, you know, to show. But unfortunately, it wasn't. So, uh, you know, I have it. But uh, there's a lot of things in football that uh, um, I've enjoyed. That was a good one. Winning your first caps, you know, is, is another. Winning the championship. There's another. So there's been some very good, very good highs in football for myself. How did it come about you leaving Derby County eventually then? Well, Tommy Doherty came in, you know, as manager, wanted to get all the experienced players out. He did do. And I should have signed for Southampton, really, but I went up to Everton. I had a guy, I played extremely well there, but it didn't, it didn't, I didn't really enjoy it, you know. Um, but Doherty was the one who um, was probably uh, him and George Hardy was the one who um, when I say destroyed the club let all the good players go experienced players you know Going into management then the second kind of phase of your career you started at at Middlesbrough it was a difficult start was it in administration when you when you first started there it was it was strange because uh, I'd, I'd moved back up to the northeast. And I was working for Vaux Brewery as a representative. And oh, it was very, very difficult. Very, very difficult, that job. And I was at the Hartlepool game. I'd been, uh, obviously, with Vaux Brewery doing some promotion. And I met um, Bruce, Bruce Rioch. And Bruce was going to get the job at uh, Middlesbrough. And um, uh, he said, listen, Colin, I'll, I'll keep in touch. And uh, I think it was about two days later, I got a phone call. And said, "Listen, I have the Middlesbrough job. Would you, would you come and sign, uh, help us?" So I had a chat with him, um, signed for him, and within seven days, uh, club had gone into admin, 
Um, and, you know, we, to be fair, we kept the squad together. We worked extremely and we had a very good squad. It was similar in many ways to, to uh, Derby. I mean, we had Pallister, we had Mowbray, we had Colin Cooper, we had Parkinson. Um, um, so we had the, the, the nucleus of a, of a very good side and we all stuck together. Uh, even um, when we went into admin, and it was only on the final Friday of the season that the club was was saved. I mean, we were like gypsies because Ayrson Park was locked. We were travelling all over to train, and um, that bond again was there. And um, we had to play our first game at Hartlepool at six thirty. Uh, it was against Port Vale, and we drew two two, and we went on to get promotion that season as well. And I think we got promotion the, the following season. Um, then my first taste on my own was when, I think it was the third, third season, we were struggling and, and Bruce had got the sack and I was asked to take over with, I think, 13 games to go. And we were down at, at the bottom and um, we beat Newcastle last game of the season, 4-2 at Ayrson Park to, to survive. Um and had a meeting with the board, the chairman, and they said, listen, Colin, all we want you to do is um, this season is to consolidate. Um, anyway, I did better than that. Got in the playoffs, not the final, got the semi-final, lost to Notts County. So for me, my first season was um, a very good one, considering that I only had to consolidate. Anyway, I had a board meeting after that and I got the sack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so you learn the hard way, you know. Um, then I teamed up with, uh, had a little spell at Bradford with um, Frank Stapleton. Then teamed up with Bruce again at um, Bolton. Once again, very, very successful. Uh, but Bruce left and went to Arsenal, and um, I took over. And Roy came with us for a spell. Roy McFarland. It didn't happen. Um, but very successful I was there. Um, we won the championship with about five games to go. Um, I had, I mean, I made a lot of signings, turned the team team around completely, and and won that uh, championship. Um, and fittingly enough, the Reebok uh, was ready for us to start in in the Premiership. Um, I had a great relationship with the chairman, and the following season in the Premiership, very unlucky to, to get relegated on the last game of the season uh, with 40 points and got rele relegated on goal difference. Everton stayed up. And I mean, 40 points normally normally keeps you up, but it wasn't to be. Then the following season, we got back to the playoff final. Um, and that was the last playoff final at Wembley where we lost um, to Watford 2-0. Um, then we had a board meeting about four days after that and the chairman and I came out and we smelled dangerous straight away uh, two people on the board one who's now dead uh, guard side wanted to take over and wanted to get Gordon out um, after about nine games uh, I left the football club and, and I think um, the people in charge brought in um, uh, Allardyce, um, who, who was who was left a very good side, and Gordon Hargreaves, who was the chairman, he left as well. They got rid of him, and he was very very bitter as well. So, 
good harmony in that football club uh, evaporated um, through uh, two members of the board, you know, when I left. Then I had a little spell at Swindon. Then I was approached to come and work with Jim, um, which I did do. We survived relegation. Then I had the little spell where I took over. And he, even though you're all, all a legend, you know, you've seen it with Frank Lampard, who's a legend down at West Ham, at uh, Chelsea. It doesn't make any 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 difference if results aren't there. Um, you, you, you know what's going to happen. But I, I don't think I had enough time. I was beginning to to turn it round. Um, but um, they brought in um, oh, Gregory, and and it certainly didn't happen for him. You know, so you know me me. Then I went went to Denmark and enjoyed myself over there, which was extremely good. Do you um do you regret that that spell at Derby County as manager and coming back in because it was a it was a really difficult time for the club and the club wasn't in a very good state off the field. Do you regret that coming back and and taking the job for that short period? No, I mean you, you never anticipate it's going to be a short period. Um, it's just that you know I, I came in to help Jim. We we did survive. Um, then Jim. Um, he, he was supposed to go upstairs. It didn't didn't happen, um, and I took over. But you, you know, people say you have to be given more time, um, and unfortunately, I wasn't given that time. But no, I, I've got no regrets because it, hopefully, I was hoping that it would work out a lot better. But you know, um, it, it it kills you when when you're told that you have to or you get the sack because of of um, results. But uh, the results. We're just beginning to turn. I know we had a terrible FA Cup game against, um, uh, might have been a lower team, and we lost 3 0. Um, Bristol Rovers, I think. Pardon? Bristol Rovers. Yeah, that was a 3 0. And then, you know, that, that, did, that didn't help. But that's cup football. Mm-hmm. But in general, um, I, I, would, I would have done exactly the same uh, again to, to go there, you know. Is there, is there any involvement in the game for you at the minute? Have you, have you no, no, I, I, I retired about uh, three years ago. Um, so I, and I've not seen a lot of football. I mean, at the moment you can't, but even, even I was doing a little bit of scouting uh, for Birmingham City. Um, but um, the manager left there, Chris, and uh, I, I, I'll go and watch Middlesbrough. I like to go and watch Middlesbrough. And I get well cared for there, well looked after, you know? Yeah. I can just uh, phone up um, Karen, the PA, and I'll get director's box tickets for my wife and that. Uh, I don't get the same treatment at Derby, you know. Well, you it's, know. it's, it's, it's sad to say that because I've heard that off quite a few club legends. I think um, Jerry Daly, who comes in my local pub, I know him quite well, and yeah. a few of the old ones that, are, that don't get treated as well as they should do, which I think is a real shame. Yeah, but I mean, on top of that, I was manager, and I know that ex-managers... Um, uh, do uh, get a, a, a director's uh, ticket if needed, but I think people forget that I was manager. You know, <laughs> yeah. Does that rankle with you a little bit? It, it does. It does because um, what hurts is when I see other managers who have, have probably just probably had a little, little bit longer than me. Um, they get they get in the, the the director's box, but you know that, that if that's how they want to be, then so be it, you know. But uh, as I say, Middlesbrough are, are, are totally different. Their chairman, Stevie Gibson, is is outstanding. You know, he welcomes us. Sometimes I have a meal with him as well. Not that I, I want that, but I, 
what I'm saying, I was manager there for a period, um, a year and a half in terms of myself. Um, and I think when you've, you've served the footballer, uh, football club as a manager, then I think you should be treated with a little bit more respect. No, I, I totally agree with you, Colin. Just, just finally, obviously, his son Andy had a, a good career and, and played for Derby. Was it a proud moment seeing him run out in black and white? Well, it, I mean, it was very, very difficult because people used to say to, to me, he's not as good as his dad. And I said, listen, you're totally unfair. Andrew is what he is. He's a very good player. And I had him as... Uh, I, he came to Bolton. I was manager at Bolton. He did extremely well for, for me at Bolton. He was played... Uh, I mean, made player of the year on a couple of times. Did extremely well. Went to Charlton. Um, then came up to Blackburn and was captain for Blackburn. Did extremely well. Coming to Derby, I think he found it very, very difficult. Uh, and the team uh, was was an average team as well because they got relegated with the less points, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, yeah, points. Points. yeah. But no, Andy, he, 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 I was very proud of him. Um, you know, and I, I can remember we played against him uh, when he was at Charlton. And I've, I've got a wonderful photograph of him coming off and we're hugging each other, you know. So, um, no, we're proud of Andy, what he, what he achieved. Yeah, my other, my other son, our, our Stephen, he's a, he's a Middlesbrough through and through. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the the grandchildren are good as well. So got three grandchildren. Yeah. Well, well, thank you very much, Colin. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for for giving us your time. It's been been absolutely amazing. No, good, and I, I mean, I'm delighted to talk to you, and and I hope everything uh, pans out very well for yourself. But I really appreciate it. Given, uh, given us a call. You know? No, I really appreciate your time. Um, it's, a, it's a real honour. So thank you very much, Colin. Yeah, thanks very much indeed. And uh, stay safe and sound. Oh, dear. Take care. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. Cheers.